Welcome back to Love in Action, Autumn Ridge Women's podcast study of Romans 12. I'm Svea Mary, and I hope that you have come to love Romans 12 as much as I do. I hope by now you've come to enjoy this opportunity to live in a single chapter of Scripture for several weeks and to take the time to examine it a little bit at a time and hopefully let the Holy Spirit really work in your life through these verses. As you read through the chapter, do the things that you've heard or maybe discussions that you've had come to mind? Are you pleased with how familiar this chapter has become? Have you taken the opportunity to memorize key verses or even all of it? I really encourage you to do so. You will be so glad you did. This is a great piece of scripture to have in your heart, ready to guide you whenever you need it in all of your relationships. And I say that because the two verses that we're discussing today are probably the two that I have found to be the most powerful, the most instructive for some of the most difficult situations that I found myself in. These are verses that have the potential to prevent you from saying or doing something that you might regret later. They're key verses for gaining peace in the midst of relational storms. Well, while we've said several times over this podcast series that verses 1 and 2 are the foundation on which this whole chapter rests, and that they're probably the most important verses in Romans 12, I think today's verses, verses 17 and 18, are probably the verses that have had the greatest impact on my intent to put love in action. After all, it's easy to love those who love us, but what does it look like to love those who are awful to us, or when we find ourselves deep in really messy conflict? Well, I'm very glad to say that I have no conflict with the two wonderful ladies who are joining me at the mics today. Fun fact, they're the same pair that started us off in this podcast when we talked about verses one and two. So it is a joy to do this again with Angie Pankratz and Michaela Park. Thanks for being here with me, ladies. So happy to be here. It's great to be back. (laughs) So let's, uh, as we've gotten in the habit of doing, let's start off by reading the verses for today so that we're all focused on on the same scripture. Michaela, do you want to read verses 17 and 18 for us? Sure. This is an ESV. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love that. And it's So again, a plug for trying to memorize these. This is a short passage, but they're great verses to just kind of have ready on your your mind um, when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like someone has done evil to you. And I think before we really dig into this phrase, I think it's worth just talking about evil a -hmm. little bit because, you know, evil is a word that we don't typically use in normal conversation. Um, I don't know about you guys, maybe (laughs) (laughs) constantly (laughs) framing that. (laughs) But but evil, we've talked about this before in our prep time a little bit, but I think it's fair to say that evil is anything that's not godly, Mm -hmm. right? So in that sense, we're not just talking about someone who's had truly, truly awful things happen to him to them, but uh, but anything that someone does to you that you're like, yeah, God would never do that, right. um, is that it's, that applies in this situation. Mm-hmm. Now that said, I think it's also important to acknowledge that some people listening probably have had some truly awful, truly mm-hmm. evil things happen, and uh, and we don't mean to minimize. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. Th- those those things that have happened. 
um, you know, can you guys even just think of from this chapter proof that what we're about to talk about is not ignoring evil mm-hmm. or, or saying that it hasn't happened? I, I think, you know, this is so um, bedded in those first two verses, which we keep on going back to. But we can't forget of God's mercies that have been shown to us. Our massive debt has already been paid through Christ's work on the cross. Therefore, we should forgive anything that is done to us or minimally just not pursue evil for the evil that has been done. And I think that is a heart issue and something that we have to pray about so often. And it also reminds me of that passage from Matthew 18 about the servant who had been forgiven, what did they say, the equivalent of $100,000. And then right after that happened, he goes and he expects someone else to pay him back the $10 that they owe him or the equivalent of today's amount is what that would be. And when you think about that, that's where we are at. We have been forgiven such a huge debt. So I think it's nearly impossible to do this without recognizing what God has already done for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I also think, it again, it's not that we're ignoring evil or pretending like it doesn't exist. I think back, you know, Angie, the last time you were here with us, we were talking about verse 9 and 10. And in verse 9, it says we're to abhor what is evil, literally to be horrified Mm -hmm. by things that are evil. Um, So so we're not trying to minimize the fact that it's awful when people do evil things to us. But now as we really dig into this phrase, let's talk about the point of it is that we're not going to do evil back to someone. We don't want to, we don't want to sink to that level. Um, Sometimes, you know, can I admit that I get around this by saying, well, there's got to be consequences, right? After all, even the Lord disciplines those he loves. Mm -hmm. And so we have to recognize that there's a difference between discipline and revenge, because revenge is really more about retaliation, whereas the goal of good discipline is about restoration. So there's a difference there. Revenge, I think, tends to be more about ourselves, not the offender. And consequences or good discipline is about restoring the offender to a place of wholeness. And discipline is about love, not retaliation. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we're saying that there can't be consequences for evil. Like you were saying, it's evident that there is definitely evil. There's going to be ungodly things that are done to us. And sometimes that does require consequences or those of us who are moms can relate to like, it's not that I'm seeking revenge or um, repaying evil for anything that my kids do that are wrong, but I am going to discipline and give them consequences. And that's a separate category, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And consequences may also be just healthy boundaries. If, yeah. if there's someone that you feel you can't trust, you're not going to then continually give them opportunities to hurt you again. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, boundaries are are not returning evil either. Um but just like in verse 9, again, I'm thinking back to when you were last here, Angie, in verse 9, when it said to abhor what is evil, it wasn't just, you know, it cut out the evil things. It followed that right up with cling to what is good. It told us what to do instead. And, and I see the same thing here in these two phrases, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable mm-hmm. in the sight of all. Again, it's that call to move past the evil in the world, and do what is honorable. Um, So we're going to talk about what is honorable in in a moment, but let's do that middle phrase, give thought 
to do what is honorable. Or I think another translation says, be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about that some. Give, give well, me some ideas on that. I think, um, <clears throat> I think it's important to remember we talked about consequences and punishment. Mm-hmm. We know that's sort of the natural law of things. You know, um, an action, create, uh, action can create a reaction. And, and God's work on the cross, what Jesus did for us, pretty much stopped evil from being paid for evil that we brought mm. and perpetuated. And that's what God calls us to do. I feel like this is what he's calling us is, you know, don't, don't perpetuate that evil, mm. but instead um, stop it with goodness. And maybe then you'll create reconciliation and possibly uh, show God's grace in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that um, Scripture tells us that there are at least two reasons for not repaying evil with evil. Uh, one is that, that it's God's job to do the, the judging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll, t- we'll be talking about that in depth next week. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, that, that personal vengeance has no place in that because God will take care of it, and we know he'll be fair. Mm-hmm. And the second reason could be that we can actually harm the spread of the gospel mm-hmm. by the way that we respond to evil. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually reading a book called The Insanity of Obedience, and uh, it's written by an author who uses the pseudonym Nick Ripkin. And he's, um, has done a lot of, uh, of research into evangelism in the setting of persecution. Mm. And he quotes uh, a number that was, is pretty surprising to me, um, says that 80% of the world's believers um, face, live in persecution for their faith. So they're either in jail or they're suffering for what they believe in. And a lot of these suffering believers... Um, they don't pray that their persecutors be punished, but instead that, that their persecutors would experience God's grace. Wow. And I think this is a powerful reminder to us that our response to wrongdoing can actually point people to the gospel. Oh, that's really powerful. That's really yeah. cool. That's our goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, and that's what we're aspiring to uh, on a much more less uh, admirable level. <laughs> I, I was thinking as you were talking, like, have either of you ever put a Christian fish symbol on your car? <laughs> I don't do um, that. No, I don't For do that either. Reason, <laughs> no, I, well, I was going to say, and it's, it's the reason you've pressure. never done that. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm not sure I drive Christianly all the time. <laughs> I don't want that standard put on me. Yeah, no, I think what Michaela is bringing out, this idea that the way that we respond to people is our gospel witness. I think we can relate to that when mm-hmm. we think of even just something as simple as our car. If we identify ourselves as a Christian driver, do we want that the weight of that responsibility for, mm-hmm. for people interpreting all of our actions mm-hmm. through our, our identity in as a Christian? Um, so I think that's that's a, a good insight, Michaela, that, yeah, if we if we don't, um, do what is honorable. If we don't act like Christ would in these mm-hmm. situations, we do um, have the potential to mar our gospel witness. Mm-hmm. That's really good. But that's not easy. And, you know, after all, like this idea of repaying evil for evil, I think is something that even no one has to learn to do it. Picture toddlers, right? Toddlers in the nursery. When one smacks the other, what does the other one do? <laughs> it's just It goes right after them. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, it's instinct. Yeah. And so how do we break this instinct? 
I think um, well, I think that God's word is pretty clear and um, and advice that we can take and try to uh, incorporate into our lives and our perspective. Um, God talks about um, loving your enemies, blessing them. Um, talks about um, how do you deal with anger. He wants you to listen more, uh, be slow to speak and slow to anger. Mm. There's a lot of examples there, but I think you know you can read about that, um, but it really doesn't. And you really can't say that you live that until you've practiced it. Mm. And um, I think, you know, I was trying to think of an example for this. And I thought about, well, you know, I grew up in California. I learned to drive in the streets of L.A. Mm. And uh, road rage, you know, is sort of like the the rule of the land. Right? <laughs> you know, someone cuts you off and you kind of do the same back or... Um, and um, hope that they don't have a gun. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but uh, it's taken many years to not react that way, mm. to not respond that way. So nowadays, you know, I try to, um, you know, if somebody cuts me off, I'll say something like, welcome to my lane. <laughs> or, uh, or I'll say out loud, I hope that they don't have an emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and um, but it, it's taken many years. And I still remember when the kids were young, when someone would cut me off and they could hear me struggling with how to respond, they would sometimes say, Mom, let your inner L.A. out. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. And it, it, it's taken years, but it takes practice. That's it's like funny. you're learning to be transformed. Yes. And not to conform. Because right. I do think the world, you know, tells us, like, you deserve that or you can go after that. Like, I think it's very natural from a sinful, worldly perspective that if someone does evil to you, you go right back at them with mm-hmm. the evil. I mean, that's mm-hmm. very acceptable. So this is really, you know, against the grain of mm-hmm. what we're used to. And I think we do have to remember what God has done for us, but also through the word and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, just mm-hmm. try to proceed and practice that, <laughs> even if our hearts aren't there yet. Yeah, absolutely. I think and practice is a good a good term for that and something that it's not necessarily that it's trading a new instinct, but it's something that you're doing intentionally, mm-hmm. um, which is a great point Point back to the verse. You're giving thought to do it. You're, you're letting your mm-hmm. mind be renewed, as mm-hmm. it said earlier in the chapter, that you're really um, thinking carefully about how you're going to respond in an honorable way rather than an evil way. Um, Angie, you said it's not the way of the world. And I thought, sadly, another thing that is the way of the world is that we are going to have trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Conflict yep. is inevitable. And as we transition from verse 17 to verse 18, I'd say that's one of the things that I love most about verse 18 is that it just starts with the assumption you're going to have conflict yes. with people. That mm-hmm. it this isn't it doesn't say if you find yourself in a situation where you are not at peace with other people or anything like that, it's just assuming you're going to be in situations where you will not be at peace mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes me think of uh, one of my favorite verses is in John 16, um, verse 33, where Jesus says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's just a good frame of mind for us as we look at verse 18, that we're going to have trouble mm-hmm. and there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. But peace is available to us through Jesus because he has conquered the world. So 
Let's talk about it, if possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Do you think that's possible even with non-Christians to have that peace or to do what is honorable in their eyes? Ooh, that's a good point. I, I, think, I think that everyone, is, everyone has a sense of mm-hmm. what is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we can say people from all walks of faith can agree on what is a good thing to do. You know, we have we do have local laws or state laws that that talk about the, the Samaritan's law, where oh, the person point. who is is um, has gone out of their way to help somebody in need is protected from legal repercussion if something bad happens. Mm-hmm. So we recognize, I think, that as a society, despite all our various faiths, that we do know what is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also that as as Jesus followers, we're not um, that we're called not to compromise truth and holiness as we pursue peace. Mm, right. Um, so there is that uh, thing to remember. We mm. do what we can to be at peace and to do what is honorable, but that's not the most important thing. It's not like we're obsessed by it or we become people pleasers mm-hmm. because we obviously live for an audience of one, but as much as we can, which is up to us, and I think, like you say, we got to recognize that everyone is made in the image of God. So I think there is a sense of goodness mm-hmm. and maybe even peace and justice because God has set eternity in their hearts and given them a sense of eternity um, and a desire to seek him. So we have that hope that peace might be possible. But if it's not, we know that we can at least try to do everything we can to pursue it even mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. as much as we can. <laughs> and isn't it interesting too that here God does not guarantee us peace, but He does guarantee that we will face persecution. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, that's um, we He He knows that's what we're facing. Well, um, and that's there's a lot of comfort in that too because I have struggled at times when I feel like there's a relationship that I just can't seem to find peace in that relationship, I can feel like a Mm -hmm. failure in Mm -hmm. that. You know, it's like, what is wrong with me that I can't just make this what I want it to be? And um, and this verse helps me to process that, that there may be some situations that I can't control the other person. <laughs> I right. mean, in fact, in all situations, I can't do that. But I can't necessarily um, force a relationship um, in, in a variety of contexts to go necessarily the way that I would want to. And this verse acknowledges that, that, that he's starting off, if possible, mm-hmm. so far as it depends on you. And I think that's so helpful to keep that perspective that... Right. This isn't about forcing a relationship from both sides. It's about being accountable for your own behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and ultimately, that's what lets us sleep at night, right? Mm-hmm. If we've gotten to the end of the day and we know, as far as it depends on me, I've done what I can do to establish peace. And uh, and then hopefully the other person will feel compelled by God to do the same. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and that timing may not be what we had hoped for. You know, mm-hmm. it may be. A while before that happens but like you say we have to be accountable for our actions and what we're doing and we are called to um, reach out to our enemy when they're hungry when they're thirsty um, when they want our shirt we have to give them our coat we go the second mile and we turn the other cheek but um, like we keep on saying I just think it's so important to mention that we do this in view of God's mercies we don't do this on our own strength or because we're trying to like rev up enough good deeds in our own heart 
um, because of all that he's done with us. And as you were mentioning, Michaela, just we make ourselves a living sacrifice in this way. And I don't know. I feel like these verses, it like turns up the heat here. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. one thing to like love sincerely and hate what is evil, but it's like, oh, now I have to like, you know, to those who are challenging, now I have to be, you know, kind or not repay evil. And it's like, "Mm." Mm -hmm. it's a little too more challenging. Rethink our response. Um, Can I share the quote from Corey Tenboom? Yeah, that's a beautiful one. Please do. Um, This is um, from her book called The Hiding Place, and this is a story of her experience during the Nazi occupation um, in the Netherlands when um, she and her family were caught for protecting Jewish neighbors, and and then she she and her family were subsequently imprisoned in a concentration camp. Mm. This quote uh, was... When she was when she visited Germany and she faced the the guard who was particularly cruel to her sister, and um, this is what she said: Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me, and help me to forgive him. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command, the love itself. Mm. And I thought this was a, a beautiful reminder that um, that is really our faith in Jesus that is far more important than our own will to do good mm. that can change our hearts in the way that we view people who may bring about um, evil in our lives or who may do wrong. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible example. Uh, that's beautiful. And earlier in Romans, in Romans 5, it says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think the quote and, and what you're just saying, that seems to connect all of that in in an important picture that ultimately we may not have peace with everyone in the world. People may do evil things to us, but we can have peace with God and we get the strength through him Mm -hmm. to live that out for others. Well, Michaela, Angie, thank you for coming in and tackling these rather demanding verses. Like you said, Angie, (laughs) it is kind of like Paul is turning up the heat here. It's getting a little more challenging each week. Um, It's not easy to live these out, but I do Mm -hmm. take comfort in the fact that they validate this inevitability of conflict in the world. It's not something that we should be surprised by, um, but these verses help us and they give us tools um, to to deal with them when someone does um, strike us and our toddler instinct might be to strike back, but uh, these are calling us to think through an honorable response. And I also love that these verses push us towards being at peace in all of our relationships, but they still recognize that we can't control anyone else's behavior. Mm-hmm. We're only responsible for making sure that we have done our part to seek peace. God sees that. He knows all. He knows our hearts, and he knows what we are tr- striving for. And I feel like we can take great comfort in that when we feel like we've given everything we can to a situation, even if things aren't as peaceful as we wish that they were. And if that last point that I just made is something that your heart needs to hear and reflect on some more, our final episode in this series is next week already. 
as we'll finish up the rest of this chapter. And that episode may be really important for you if this is a topic that you are working through right now. So please do be sure to listen to that when you can. In the meantime, may God bless you as you seek to put your love in action as you act honorably in the pursuit of peace with everyone this week.